Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three American expats explore different topics related to living and working in South Korea. With the combined 45 years of living experience in Asia, there are plenty of stories to tell. So pop in your headphones and make yourself comfortable. It's time for the Soul Patch Podcast. My tainted perception distorts my true meaning is So I made another uh, Facebook thread. Uh, talking about like cultural faux pas, and I was I thought that'd be a good theme for today's podcast. Um, you know, because I think everybody, no matter where you go, I just realized that like it's not about if you're going to make a cultural faux pas; it's just when. When will you do it? You know, and you'll do it multiple times, and it doesn't matter if you're going to America, if you're Korean going to America, or American coming to Korea, or Canadian, whatever. Um, it's just the, the you can't help but accidentally cross those lines. So I've got a I've had some respondents that wrote back, you know, a, a couple of uh, ideas. There's a couple of situations where they made cultural faux pas. And I thought I would start with a story that, of myself here on my, my second year as a Hagwon teacher. Um, I should have known better, but uh, we got invited to, me and another teacher at the Hagwon got invited to a, uh, a bus driver's uh house because the the hagwon has bus drivers for the the kids so there's like three or four there were three or four bus drivers and one of them really wanted us to come over and and uh have dinner uh together uh with with his family and uh you know i think we were we probably we probably uh you know put it off as long as we could without making it weird so we finally just you know said yes and decided to go on like a saturday night you know which is like a it's a big deal when you're in your twenties to give up your Saturday night to, uh, to go to dinner at, at some bus driver's house. And so we, we go over to this place and the first faux pas, uh, that we make is, uh, we, we show up empty handed. So in Korea, you got to bring a gift, man, you know, a box of apples, some fruit. Um, I just remember my friend mentioned it and I was like, no, you don't, that's not true. That's not a cultural thing, you know, here or whatever. I just, being stupid and immature and 20 something. So I just showed, we showed up empty handed, which was kind of weird. And uh, then we go into this house and it's, it's really tiny. It's in Seoul. Um, so basically you're in a kitchen and then you're in the bedroom and that's all it is. It's just a kitchen and a bedroom essentially. And then there's a, a, a piano in the kitchen. And so you already feel like you're kind of invading their private space when it's like, the bedroom is basically just they throw a bunch of yo's down and sleep there, but they move it out of the way. And that's where the, the food was set up. And uh, and so before we start uh, eating, the wife goes into the kitchen and sits at the piano and we start singing uh, Christian hymns like, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you do before a dinner party. Um, you know, the, the, it, it was like being a church or something. And um, so we finished with the hymns. <laughs> we're already kind of uncomfortable looking at each other. And then, uh, and then we eat bosom, the, the, uh, the meat. And then the soju comes out. And we just drink copious amounts of soju. I mean, just so after basically the church service comes the party time. And like we just absolutely. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was just a sloppy blood of Christ, right? It's all blood, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but it was just a just a weird, you know, just such a, a bizarre kind of evening. And and uh, 
yeah, I think the, you know, our cultural faux pas was that we showed up empty handed and then we had this really strange night. And then we ended up at a karaoke bar with like their whole family. Like the uncle came by and all, all these people just came by and we all ended up at a, a karaoke uh, bar down the street. So it was a good night. It was awesome. It was fun, but uh, strange. Most cultural faux pas, I think one, one fun thing about being a foreigner and in, in a stranger in a strange land is that cultural faux pas for most things, not for everything, but in many small cases don't really matter. Now you can break mm. these rules and they don't really care. You know, they, it's just like, oh, silly foreigner. Like that's, that's just what happens. And it's, it's an interesting learning moment as well. Like there's a bunch of examples of, you know, something that I did and it's like, well, what the hell I did that wrong. And I asked my friend the next day, like, what was wrong? Why was I so confused? And then they explain it to me uh, and it's like, oh, and then I start to understand more of the culture, which is a great, a cool thing about it as well. Like you figure out, you know, what that cultural faux pas, what it means to, to Korea, to right. the people here. Yeah. And like in some uh, cases, like bringing gifts, that's just kind of a nice thing to do. Maybe it's well, a bit right different. in America, you bring a bottle of wine or something. I mean, you, right. should, you should, you know, it's not like it's not like we were it's not like we didn't know better. You know what I mean? Like we just kind of brushed it off and, and didn't. I, I think it's a little bit stronger here than maybe back in, in the West, like the, the, the obligation of bringing a gift to a party. But even back home yeah. now, I wouldn't show up empty handed at a dinner party yeah i mean a bottle of wine is a pretty normal thing to bring or like you know some flowers for the table or something exactly yeah yeah it's interesting are you i mean i think i think a certain type of person is a person who ruminates on those kinds of things too though you know what i mean like somebody who who really like you know how did i mess up and and i think those uh that it's a certain personality type too um, cause like you said, I think most people don't, yeah. they're not, you're not going to be like shunned by society for a cultural faux pas in Korea. Yeah. I, no. I, I have, I had the experience where, and I think maybe you two can relate to this. Maybe you knew somebody like this when I came here, I think every friend group, there's always like at least one foreigner among that friend group who's like kind of the know-it-all and <laughs> yeah. they just, they just got to tell you like they've been here for like four months and they know everything and they just want, they want to warn you. They want to, they want to take care They want to tell you, they know, they know how the, the culture works and you gotta, right. you gotta shake a hand like this. You gotta bow like this. You gotta use your, your, the right verbs and, you know, right. yeah. And they just ignore the fact that it's also possible for you to like, you know, kind of learn it on your own, which for people listening, if you're going to a foreign culture, um, kind of what Jack opened with here, I couldn't emphasize that enough. I think I, I stepped in it constantly and I think my ego had a hard time with it. Like you're going to mess up. You're in a foreign place. I mean, even if you research the crap out of it, you just don't know at local customs within a larger area are going to be special too. And you're, you're going to find, uh, you're going to step in it. You're going to make mistakes and you got to know that the, the community that you're in, if you're new there, they're, they're going to give you a pass. And like Kev said, you're going to learn something and then just apply it for the next time. But you're, yeah, you're going to be a little red faced. It's going to happen. It's uncomfortable, yeah. but what, what are the, the what show. are the big, like, hit, like the big ones when you first arrive? I mean, like for, for me, the, the shoes one was yeah. never, it always made sense to me because my mom always made us take our shoes off when we went in the house. Oh, nice. So, we did Whenever that in went, university. My my friends and my my roommates, we all we had a no shoe policy at, at our apartments. Yeah, because and, otherwise yeah, the carpet just, just gets disgusting. Right. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, that yeah. one's a tough one for me. Now when I go home and my parents just walk into their house or my grandmother just walks into her house and they're just like, shoes on to, to do. And I, I walk in, I'm just like, this just feels weird now. Like I, I take my shoes off even back in the States. It's just so normal at this point. Yeah, it feels yeah, wrong think, almost. My family, I think we have like, I remember going through some photos and seeing wearing shoes on like Christmas or something, but I'm at like someone else's house, like my cousins or something. But in my family's house, we have a little area we you know like the front entrance whatever um a lot of homes you know mud hall do you have yeah 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 yeah. Mm. take off your boots right yeah yeah yeah. so it's where you hang your jackets and you kick your your boots um yeah so i don't know yeah it always bothers me when i watch like a movie or tv and i see like somebody jump up on their sofa with their (laughs) shoes on or the bed yeah Yeah. it's just so disturbing to me like that's that's more horrific than like a you know a horror movie or something it's just yeah i can't take it i'm pretty particular about that now maybe it's because i've just been here so long and i don't remember correctly maybe there was times when we had shoes on the house i know that for a lot of koreans that's a stereotype of a lot of westerners so my students will often ask me about that or when we talk about stereotypes they'll bring that up they're like yeah it's pretty weird that you wear your shoes in the house and i'm like i'm not really into that um, but most people do yeah. it's definitely a large majority yeah of, of shoes I, on yeah, I think I think maybe I've just like lost the memory of it because it just seems so wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you go to like friends' houses, like oh, like I said in university, my friend, my roommates and I, we had a no shoe policy, but I think we were the only one. Like every other friend's yeah, house yeah. you would go to, there was it was it didn't matter. A friend of mine went to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Went to university there, and I went to a house party, and I remember the there's so much beer spilled on the on the carpet that the carpet would just stick to your shoe. Like it was just, yeah. It was, then you don't want to take your shoes off. So. <laughs> no, if you, that's yeah, that's a different, yeah. You do not want to take your shoes off in that house. Um, here's another one that I thought was really funny was uh, somebody got like, um, somebody responded with like slurping noodle sounds that they actually have been given a hard time for not slurping their noodles loudly enough. Like, <laughs> like you're not showing, make more noise. yeah, like make more noise. And then I thought like, that's a, that's a very interesting cultural one because, you know, food sounds are generally considered rude in the West, you know, mo- in like Korea we- too, when you, when you ask students about it, they, they say, don't make that noise, right? They say, don't chew with your mouth open, things like mm. that. Oh, this is different from slurping noodles. This is, this is chewing with your mouth open, not, not the, not the slurping sound, but that's definitely the case here as well. It might not be followed as much, but like students always say that that's, that's what you should do at least. Well, it just, but again, just like slurping watching- is different watching those commercials where they they turn the volume up on the slurping sound so it's so yeah. exaggerated well, again, the, the, the slurping noodles is a different thing and i i've yeah. become a noodle slurper at this point when it comes to like like yeah. ramen and stuff like that it just it, i don't know it it works better i don't get it all in my lips i'm not like sucking noodles through my lips and getting like pasta sauce or whatever like just all over there oh, okay so there's a fun you're telling me there's a function to this so yeah I, I think okay. so i thought maybe there was like it's like a culinary thing like when you slurp it is like aspirating wine you know you're like right you're trying aspirating to like, you your know, ramen um, yeah aspirating <laughs> that garlic <laughs> flavor you know just <laughs> oh man yeah no i i uh I, I, I feel, I, I don't like that sound uh, in the, in the television commercials, but uh, you know, because it's more exciting. Surfing doesn't but... bother me. It's the, it's chewing with your mouth open. That's still, I'm, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. That was like on... a universal thing. Sorry. Go ahead. Kevin. Yeah. Well, no, while we're on sounds, an interesting faux pas that I've heard many Korean people complain about 
foreigners making. So this is something that I think is actually kind of a bigger one is uh, I've been told many times by, by my wife, especially, but I, I've seen it on subways and things that Westerners, we tend to speak more loudly than than korean people do and so sometimes my wife will just be like why are you so loud i'm like it's just my normal speaking voice i'm not i'm not speaking loud. maybe it's because i'm a teacher you know maybe i'm used to just speaking out in the classroom i'm not sure what it is but mm -hmm. i i apparently i have a slightly louder speaking voice than the average person in korea does um but i've definitely seen foreigners talking like you know a small group on the subway and they're like talking amongst each other and i'll see koreans kind of like giving them the stink eye like you're, you're just being too oh, loud talking i've gotten the stink yourself. eye many times yeah, I, yeah I'm, right. I'm, I don't I'm loud think, you know yeah. i think that i think that's definitely real that's one of the faux pas i was going to bring up is um that hmm. sounds on public transport it's you'll see people when they're talking and the i don't think it maybe there is a difference in the um the intonation of course the different languages and different cultures and the volume that's possible um i, I probably agree with that but uh, in addition to that, I think you could also agree, like even Koreans under themselves on or off a bus, when they're on the bus, it's like whispering, basically. Mm -hmm. All voices really come down. If someone's taking a phone call, I'll see this, like oh, it's a podcast, I can't really do the gesture. They, but, like, they cup their someone, mouth? Like the... Yeah, like they, they have their, their their hand on the phone and the other hand like is kind of like this covering yeah. their mouth as they're talking. Yeah. When have you seen that like in the States? If someone's doing that, you think they're trying to like you know, plan to bomb. Right, right. You probably get arrested. Yeah. Well, you think they're doing something a little bit like shady. Yeah. Yeah, something shady about that. It's like they're doing a drug deal or something. But right. That's pretty much standard in Korea. One of my friends, when he first came to Seoul, I remember he was. It was just a one-off comment. You know, he was like a little frustrated. He's like, he had gotten on a bus and he had his headphones on and they were like earbuds and he had it cranked up and uh, a man next to him this odyssey like you know like waved at him was like hey hey, hey turn down your your sound because everybody else could hear his music outside of his earbuds and he was he mentioned this again he was a, he's very understanding of korean culture i mean this is like when he first came here but for him he was venting he's like what the hell's up with this he's like it's bs you know um the meanwhile you know the people here they, they're eating so much garlic and kimchi the bus smells funny you know it's like okay okay like yeah, yeah it actually but everybody's everybody's got their their kind of limit where you you cross that line you, you you're trying so hard to do it right and then you get yeah. scolded and you just like you have to vent like at a certain point where you just have a it's funny about that the earphones one because sometimes I, I immediately started thinking it's like well what about those those old people, like I've seen, I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. You've seen old people like in the subways and they've got their phone, they're watching some, you know, YouTube video or whatever, and they're blasting it. Like, yeah. no, no headphones. Yeah, but but at the same that. time, like they're, they're, the Korean people uh, on the subway are looking over at them like, dude, turn your shit down. Exactly. So, so they're cool. being, they're being rude in Korea as well. They're just, you know, Koreans being rude in Korea. Because so a-holes are universal. A you know, that's probably the same. Well, I mean, if, if, you're in, if you're in New York City and you see somebody like, you know, peeing in, in the, on the subway, you're not like, hey, that's normal. <laughs> I guess that's what <laughs> American, anymore. it's okay. <laughs> that's the only bad this thing you find in the Freedom. New York subway from what I hear, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you gotta, gotta be a little reasonable, but yeah, sound, sound is a big one. Um, and I, I think for me, I'm pretty sensitive to 
sound in general. It's something I've always like struggled with in apartments, living in cities. Um, I grew up in the countryside. I had my own bedroom and stuff. I was always kind of in control of my, the sound around me. So when I went to university and had roommates and moved to big cities, living in Chicago or when I was in New York um, and here, I would start using earplugs here. However, I don't need it nearly as much, mm-hmm. um, which is strange because it's so much more dense. It should be so much worse. But um, yeah, I mean, don't you remember being back in the States, like your noisy neighbor upstairs and you take the broomstick and you hit the ceiling and you're like, yo, yo, you know, or you yeah. have to go in like, Although, dog, like hey, something hey, interesting hey. about, yeah. about that. Like, so first noisy neighbors are very much a thing here. Oh, they get um, murdered. People murder each other. Yeah, over, just got you know? yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely a thing. Although that's that's individual for for the neighbors that you have, and maybe it's maybe there's less of it than elsewhere. But thinking about just noisy neighbors in general, I remember one thing that was very surprising for me was when like one of the first times I had kind of a, a small house party here in Korea, and we weren't being crazy loud, but you know there was a few of us. We were having some beers. We were you know above normal volume, uh, and we got the cops called on us. At like 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. Uh, And I just remember being like really surprised being like, I understand we're being kind of loud, but it's a Friday evening. It's not that late yet. Like, like, we'll shut up. Don't worry. You know, by by 11, 12, when it gets late, we'll we'll move inside. But it it doesn't feel that late yet. But we got the cops called on us at at that time. Still really Mm -hmm. early. And so, yeah, sound just, and the cops were just like, whatever, just keep it down. And that wasn't a big deal. And house parties are not really a thing. You know what I mean? Like not that much. Where is that? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah, That was a big shift for me. I really liked hosting. That was like my my favorite thing. I didn't like going out so much in the Mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. Like I much prefer to take the resources and time that it would take to gather people in other place. And I was just always fortunate enough to have like, you know, roommates and have like the larger space and, uh, you know, guys know my hobbies cooking and stuff. So, you know, recruiting friends to help out and, and do something nice. And, you know, then you, uh, you know, you got your buddy who's like, you know, the mixologist and likes making cocktails and stuff. <laughs> and um, you get to be your own DJ, you can have your own games and activities and everything. It's your own thing. In Korea, I was really bummed out, man. Like when I got here, that was one of the hard things for me. It was like, Oh crap! There's like no house parties. Like yeah. no one's there's no dinner parties. There's I no... mean, you can do it. You can try. You can try to make it happen. We definitely but, did. We yeah. cram everybody into these little apartments, yeah. and it's. I mean, I remember my place in Itaewon. At one point, I had 22 people in that apartment. It was a. It was a. I guess we'd call it one room. So it's like a two bedroom or whatever apartment or two room apartment, and had a balcony on it. So yeah, but I mean, it was. It was absurd, that's, that's and I never insane. like did it much after that. It sounds like a house but, party at Eau Claire University or you know yeah, Eau Claire College. The, the alternative, yeah. again, for people listening that don't know about the VMO of Korea, is that public gathering spaces. There's just so much of them, and it's uh, like um, you know, like that's why you have things like uh, norebang, like karaoke rooms and stuff, and uh, the cafe culture here is right. just huge. like why would you just... mess up your house and yeah. have all these strangers come over when you could literally just have there's a, a buildings built for this you know like these places yeah. for this so, like yeah like the the cafes not just like your average starbucks where you'd sit down at a quiet little table but if you go to the river there's like four-story beautiful cafes where you can just dominate a whole section it's loud it's like you know what i'm talking about like 
these or even like, party rooms that you can rent. I did that for, yeah. for my wife's 40th birthday. We rented like a room that was ours and we had, you know, like we had drinks and food and everything delivered there. And that was like our place where we could be loud. We could totally. be noisy. It was our home for the night basically yeah and, yeah. And, yeah it's yeah. kind of cool right kind of like like think about like we talked in previous episodes about the pension thing mm. so pension is like right. a you rent out a, a house in the countryside or uh it can be even kind of nearby whatever but the joint is designed for you know up to maybe it depends on the one you get but there could be like 10 uh 20 people can sleep in this one big ass house mm. and it's kind of cool like then all the mess is kind of consolidated uh, in one place, you don't have to like set up your home for it. It's a mutual meeting spot. So you're not committing anybody to any other person's destination. I kind of like it now. Actually, I quite like it. Um, on, yeah. on that note, cultural faux pas of when you do go to a house party, wherever that house party is, if it's at a pension or, you know, even the house parties that are that are at a, at a home, um, it seems to be a, a somewhat of a faux pas to to go eat, drink and just peace out. So many yeah. times, like in, in the States, you know, I, I would have parties at my house in my dormitory or not dorm, my apartments or whatever. And the next morning you wake up and your place is just thrashed, right? It's all college students who would come in. Here, we finish up a party at whatever time of night and, you know, the last couple people leave. And before they leave, the, the final three, four people that are there all are like, all right, let's get to it. And they like quickly tidy up everything, do some dishes. And I mean, your place isn't spotless. It isn't exactly like it is, but it's not too bad for yeah, after having yeah. a party. You wake up the next morning, you're like, hey, not yeah, this is okay. This is yeah. this is a theme that we were talking about the uh, student, like Korean students, mask compliance before we start before we started recording today, and just mm -hmm. like there is a certain like um, I don't know what the word is like empathy or or cognizance of like the feelings of the professor or the host of the party or the other the other the other person, whereas you know we can't just leave this mess like this. We, we have to, you know, we have, you have to consider it from their perspective. And so um, that, you know what I mean? Like they like, I'm going to help you clean this up. Is That's something we're going a little bit off a cultural topic, thing, though, pause, right? but I, yeah. I think it's very much a cultural thing. I mean, Korea, if you look at it, has a, an Udi culture, a we and us culture, mm -hmm. you know, like everything is, is Udi. Everyone is family here. And it, it's in the language, which is something that's really interesting. Right. So you say like, when, when we say you're going home, you say, Udi Jibiro Gakoyo. You know, like, I'm going back to our house, right? Even if it's just my house. Udi Apa, my, my, yeah, yeah, like, our, say, our, say that dad. again, because I think this is one of the coolest things that I found like the day I arrived in Korea. And I, I still, 13 years later, I still think it's one of the most interesting things that a lot of people outside of Korea that have no experience of this culture, even people that are trying to get into it, have not really looked at that specific not just that idea, but that little piece of, of grammar. So say it again, like when you're leaving, you would say what? Like, I'm going, right. going to our house. Yeah, and what he's saying, if everybody's listening here, what he's saying is he's leaving by himself and he's not referring right. to any other person in this, this, this uh, situation. He's just referring to the house in which he lives as our house. Right. It's yeah. It's our everything. But along with that, there's there's family. Everyone is is literally, figuratively, <laughs> language mm. linguistically family here. Um, you know, when I, we may have talked about this before, when you go to a restaurant and you like want to order another drink or whatever, you, you yell out to the waitstaff like, "Hey, come over here," and that's okay to do that. But so many times you'll hear the people when they call out, they're not saying "Hey over here," they're saying like "emo," they're saying "aunt," "Hey auntie." Mm. 
come over here. And of course, it's not their actual aunt, you know, it's just some random woman working in the store, but it's, yeah. it's their aunt. I mean, how many times when you guys were first here, like I remember meeting Korean people when I was out at the bar or whatever, and I'd, I'd meet a couple of guys or a couple of girls and I'd be like, oh, this is my sister, you know, yep. and they're introducing. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and I remember at first I was just like, wow, everyone has so many sisters here. And then I started asking, <laughs> right. I, I learned, I was like, wait, is this friend sister or sister sister? I had to, to, to yep. realize that because yeah, everyone is, you know, family. Like if I was talking to you guys in Korean, because you're older than me, I would not refer to you by name. I wouldn't be like, yo, Ryan, what's up? I'd be young, you know, older brother. What are you yeah. guys doing today? Like, that's just how it works. Everyone is linguistically a family. Yeah. And we, not to go down the rabbit hole further, but I think that's just, it's really interesting when you think of what the implication of that is. So, okay, sure, it's language and you could look at the two ways. It's like, oh, it's just, it's just words. It's just like how people say things that doesn't really have any other implication, or maybe it does. Maybe that actually changes the way people are feeling when they're talking. It's a really cool concept, really cool yeah, concept. It's there and it's definitely a part of the culture. It's interesting to know I don't want to yeah, analyze it too much, but it is there. It's an important part. Yeah, we need to like that that you know, really get the take on that one. But yeah, going back to the football thing, because that's that's yeah. kind of yeah. well. How I about was, this? I was uh, thinking, oh, so oh, sorry, Ryan, I didn't mean to uh, interrupt you. Sorry. Right. Um, they were talking about like line culture, like get, getting you know. So we're we're talking about the Udi and 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 but what about that situation where you're you're uh, everybody's trying to get on to the the bus at the same time instead of waiting you know waiting for the people to get off the subway before everybody tries to get on and there's that you know moment where you're you're like oh my god i have to get off the subway i have to get off this train but all these people are trying to get on at the same time and i got to fight my way through the sea of people um that seems to cut against like what we we're just talking about like <laughs> you know what i mean like the the flow and the um so i i but i, I don't know if that's like a necessarily a cultural faux pas it's it's almost like a, a reverse faux pas it's like it, it it's a perceived faux pas by by them to us you know but like as a westerner yeah um, i mean i've seen i've seen better and worse around the world like i think both of you have been to singapore right i've not uh, yeah well, one I time. Yeah, yeah once yeah singapore singaporeans sure. are like the masters of queuing like mm -hmm. it's like soldiers the equal distance between everybody it's it's awesome um but then you could go to a place like uh, I thought, um, despite stereotypes of politeness and Japanese culture, et cetera, which maybe deserved as well. But the uh, when it came to taking the subways there, I felt a lot more like just disregarded, <laughs> just, just kind, kind of, of pushed, pushed around. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas in Korea, at least there's like the idea of flow. So like when you're at the door of the subway, again, travelers, if you're coming here, look at the floor you'll see other people doing it, but if it's a crowded subway you're getting on and there's people queuing up to get on, there's a flow chart on the floor. So people going on are in the middle of the door entrance way and then people coming off are on the perimeter. So there's no, little the opposite. Or is it the opposite? Yeah. If you're, if you're talking boarding, about going from the from boarding side. Yeah, yeah. So if you're getting on, you're gonna be on the outside. Right. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. I haven't been yeah, on the so subway. The, the people who are coming off, off of the subway basically come through the middle and there's two lines on the outside and you're supposed to be waiting for everyone to get off before you start piling on. And well, that doesn't really happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just saying there's, there's a little bit of organization compared to like, I don't yeah. know. Again, like when I was in Japan, it was just, it was like, I think it was Osaka or 
Um, That's really interesting about that. I don't remember Subway specifically in Japan. I was there a really long time ago. But I do remember because bumping into people does seem more common here than it does in other countries. Just like even walking on the street, you might like, you know, a small shoulder check of someone and it doesn't seem to be as big of a deal. And I remember when I was in Japan, um, I was starting to get used to that in Korea. Like, I don't like it, but it's just like, okay, people, you know, like they crowd around and they, they bump into each other a little bit more here than in other countries. And then I remember one time I was in Japan, uh, I was just waiting for a friend somewhere. I was like on a, a street corner, just hanging out for a couple minutes. And some woman passed me by um, and just really, really gently like grazed my shoulder or something. Like as I was looking at my phone or whatever, just really gently. She looked at it and I'm just kind of staring off into nowhere at, you know, just waiting for a buddy. And I, so I just kind of look up at her as she passes by, not offended, not anything. I just like, you know, I have nowhere else to look. I'm bored. So I look up at her as she passes me by, as she slowly bumps me and she immediately looks over and she's like, oh, sorry, my friend, sorry, my friend. like she was so sorry for barely touching me right. and in korea i would you know people just bump into you and just keep walking and don't really care not all the time but much more commonly than and that's gotta be that's a big city like, thing too I, i'm sure some of this is yeah. you know just like population but this density. is where i was in tokyo like that's a massive city and people oh yeah that's were, true that's true don't yeah. didn't yeah. bump into me so yeah. but that's a yeah i think the line thing is interesting here in korea though because sometimes the lines are total shit and people do just pile onto buses and sometimes the lines are amazing and people just wait. Like, think about the the 151 bus in front of the, the hospital by our university. Like that line, oh, yeah. the people will be it's waiting there and they're, yeah. they're queued up very, very well. I will say one strange thing about lines here is though that, that people wait very close to each other. Um, and that's not necessarily a problem when waiting for the bus, but it's weird when you're waiting for an ATM and the person behind you is like right behind you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, in the states i would normally have space between at least the person who's at the machine and and the next person and then everyone is close close together yeah distances distances are definitely different that's something that um i've talked about my students i know you guys have talked about like holding doors for people Mm. the the distance here it's a lot shorter so don't expect someone to hold the door necessarily for you if you're um well from where you're coming from if you're from america specifically in, in my experience, you're at a distance behind somebody where you expect them to hold the door for you. They probably won't. Yeah. Um, Funny thing is, yeah, I'll I'll hold little, it, but okay. for like awkwardly long time, and then I'm like, <laughs> I wish I didn't. I wish I hadn't done this. Yeah, now I'm Minnesota, now I'm stuck. Like this. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just like holding it, and then the person is like, "Wait, there's way too much time now between." And, and then they make run. them like run forward. Yeah, and yeah. then they run, <laughs> kind of run, run forward just to say thank you for me holding the door. And it's like I didn't really do you a favor. I just made you stressed. You know, like I should have yeah. just. I don't know. You it's... spilled your coffee on account of me, so you know. <laughs> right, bad, right. Uh, <laughs> um, I got a, I got a couple other ones that we just go through these emails. It's kind of fun to, to look at what people say, but yeah. this one is really a, a true one. Um, don't throw your paper. Like if you're giving somebody something, don't throw it down like on the table or, you know, like sliding a paper across the a table mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. somebody that's considered very rude here. That That's a, I would say, you know, in America, if you watch like the movie Wall Street or something, and there's like a, a weekly report, you know, the manager just throws it across the table and each, you know, uh, copy slides in front of the, you know, worker. Um, you would never do that here. Like it's true giving, story, Jack. Yeah, okay. true, true story. I was that guy. <laughs> oh, I was boy. that guy. You were for real. It was my, this was my, it's my first, not my first day of but within the first week of um, working with the Board of Education in Busan, 
I had some, I had to like introduce myself and talk about why, why I was there and what I want to be doing and, and, you know, this project. And I had all my, my printouts and handed, you know, and it was a long table. It's just, it's like what you're describing. I'm <laughs> you like, just... all right, you know, and yeah, I'm like, you, all right, here we go, guys. I'm, I just came from Chicago. I'm like, yeah. all right, hey. boom, 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 boom. Like I'm dealing cards, you know? And <laughs> I, got, I kind of got like the, the, everybody gave me like the stare, just like, stop. <laughs> yeah. I got it. I got it explained to me directly um, after the meeting. They were like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I mean, that's. There was something else. There was something else I got called out on for that. I think it was, it was awkward. I don't know if this, I've never heard of this since, but it was something about how I was posturing like I had my hands on my hips for most of the meeting, apparently. I don't know if this was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, same. It was the same intervention. They mentioned that as well. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe it was because you you it was you were um you weren't showing deference or whatever to to elders. I think I had I had like that, the you know? like you know you can do this like if you're I'm standing for a long time and it's people are sitting in at the table you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was, I had my hand in my pocket on my hip. Mm. Like my hand was hidden. I don't know. It was an old man telling but me. But this, this, so this is an interesting topic because I, I think when you're giving a presentation and you're nervous and, and you're, you're younger, you know, but the, like what we learned from university, I know Kevin's, a, a, you're, you're, this is right down in your alley of expertise, but you want to project authority. You want to project, uh, you know, confidence, and when you're nervous and you you overcompensate for that a little bit, you're you know you might come off as like arrogant. It's, it's possible. Like not I'm right. not saying that's what happened to you, Ryan, but I'm saying like can. in that situation, it can happen yeah. really quite easily when you're you're like I have to. I'm feeling nervous, so I'm gonna I'm gonna crank it up to eleven. My my confidence, you know, that level or whatever. Yeah. And that could read probably quite uh, differently here than it would in America. Where America, they might might be like that's that was right what we were looking for we're looking for someone who's going to grab the bull by the horns you know and here they were probably oh where's the respect you know something like that and that so, reminds me that reminds me of a book i was reading a long time ago um it was about uh like public speaking tips or whatever i was like trying to catch up on some stuff for um the one of the camps we were doing way back when we used to do that and um I know one of our co-teachers had also mentioned this. Uh, you guys have heard this. Uh, one of the tips was when you walk onto a stage and it's a new stage, a new audience, um, just to bolster your confidence, there's like a handful of things you can do to like claim the space. Kev, you might know more about this crap. Like uh, walking the full length of the stage and like, you know, kind of checking the mic. One of the things on the list was to move a piece of furniture. So even if you're not going to use like the chair or the podium, just like grab it firmly, you know, and just like rotate it by like, you know, 20 degrees and then rotate it back 20 degrees and then kind of nod like, yeah, you know, like this, <laughs> yeah. slap it on the side a couple of times. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you own, I own this. This is my space. <laughs> exactly. this is, I'm the, I'm, uh, yeah, it's my domain. Yeah, that chair. Yeah. That's mine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's a funny that's thing. It's, it's interesting. Um, great confidence. I don't know. So along the line of like throwing paper is also like, like how, how should Ryan have done that? Like you, you should have handed each paper individually to the person using two hands, um, which would have shown respect. Um, not, not one hand, uh, but you could have, you could have your one hand could be touching the other hand as you, as you hand it to them. But there, there's something about two hands here. That's really, um, 
yeah. respectful. So some of that that's comes, at least when boring. I was standing there sitting, I should have given the full stack to somebody again with some difference. Like, yeah. And like, and then they can pass down in whatever way. Right. But, right. Some yeah, of the I was two-handed thing, Jack, is kind of interesting. I don't know if it's two-handed for giving things, but I know at least for, for pouring drinks. Again, the, the cool thing about learning these things is that you get to, to, to learn the history a little bit. Is uh, you, You'll notice when people pour drinks here, they use two hands, right? So you've got one hand like holding the bottle of soju that they're pouring for you, and the other hand is sometimes on the glass. Sometimes it's on their sleeve a little bit more. And the reason for that, of course, is that way back in the day, everyone was wearing the hanboks, those you know, old clothes, and they had these really big sleeves. And so you'd basically hold the sleeve up so that it's not getting in people's clothes or in their food or anything like that. Oh, right. I, we talked about this in uh, maybe a, a past episode. But yeah, I, that was, I learned that uh, from you. Yeah. I didn't realize that yeah. was for holding the sleeve. I think maybe you guys told me about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. What I, that's what's really interesting about a lot of different things like, like that is, you know, where it came from. Like I see one thing on, on the list here uh, is talking about you know, writing people's names in red. Mm, oh, yes. I remember this, right? Yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. made that mistake a bunch because I just have you know my my whiteboard up in the classroom and I just have random you know, markers. You know, I've got a red, a green, a blue, <laughs> yeah. whatever one, and and I'm not paying attention. I don't really care. I just grab whichever one is closest and I just start writing shit on the board. And sometimes I'd be like, okay, who wants to you know volunteer for this? And I just grab it and I'm like, okay, you know, like uh, Chris, Steve, and I just start writing names on the board and I write it in a red pen. And at first, students would just be like, because <gasps> you just wrote wrote their names in in red. And I was like, what? Why? Why? why is this bad and it's because that's like the the they're they're dead basically mm-hmm. and yeah. that's because in the in the family registry because all families ha- keep their family registry really detailed when someone dies in the family registry they they go and write their name again in red right so well, I didn't know that. You're saying you're I dead. Didn't know, I didn't know the. I knew the implication was negative, and I same. I had a similar situation. You Kev, like yeah. Of course. I mean, I we've all done. I use red pen for all my paperwork because it stands out against black ink. I just sure. I, I like having red. Um, so yeah, I had to change that when I came here, and I never knew that was the region reason about the family registry. I just thought it was like maybe I was like like signing an assassination attempt or something <laughs> no it's, yeah it's, it's that that's it's what like, I thought. Yeah, yeah all the families have their their registry their their you know list of all the names you know this person married this person had these kids blah, blah 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 and when they die the name gets then written in red again um on that in that paper on that original yeah. documents i don't know how many families keep it you know, the thing that sucks today, is but... that in the hogwan the only the only marker that ever has the ink is the red one because everybody's <laughs> a, after your first week there, you're afraid to use it. You just never use it again. You know, blue or black. Yeah. Um, what this one is interesting because uh, this, somebody wrote a comment saying, uh, "Don't worry about the fridge full of beer and hard liquor in the teachers' lounge. It's for the Wednesday teacher sports time." And so that was. So this is this is I think a, a common misconception. Well, you know that the idea that like Korea does have a kind of liberal. How can I say like like their relationship with alcohol is different than in in the West in America where I, where I come from yeah um, their relationship with it is different how that can get missed when connected with food yeah like like especially with like work and and drinking it's not it is it is not as taboo but being a drunk is taboo like and mm-hmm. drinking at inappropriate times drinking while working it's not like a license to be a drunk by coming well to yeah. Korea. And like also maybe right. don't, don't misconstrue the that idea. Like I think in our work fridge, there's like a bottle of whiskey or something. 
Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that, like, if you go to other cultures, like, uh, if you're in um, Germany, uh, my friend, when I was in high school as an exchange student, he used to mention that there was vending machines in workplaces that have beers in them, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I've heard that, like, mentioned a couple of times. I mean, that, again, I've been there, like, once when I was 20. I don't remember. I didn't go to someone's workplace. But let's say that's the case. Maybe in Germany, it's okay to have a beer with your lunch or whatever. Not the case in Korea. But you would see that um, maybe you might see alcohol on premise because it's used for like an activity or, you know, something afterwards. Exactly. Or, and I'm sure yeah. that, you know, line worker at the BMW factory is not drinking eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not, yeah. it's, he, they might have one. And, yeah, and grab that, like a 2% shandy or something. With exactly. Your lunch, so that's yeah. Normal. Yeah. But in America, that would absolutely be like, that dude's got a problem. Get him, get him out of here. You right. know. You're, you're canceled. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, people from America, you know this. So yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't, if you see like at work, I, I'm pretty sure there's like a bottle of whiskey in our fridge at work right now. Um, it might that's be empty not, at this point. It's been there for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, but I don't think, because I don't think, I, I've never once thought when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I don't know whose it is, but I never once would assume someone's like, taking nips and hitting hitting the classroom <laughs> no, no a little a little hip flask uh just for, yeah, for the day you know just I, keeping it mellow <laughs> I, I i knew a uh i knew a, a guy a canadian a guy who was uh working at a hagwon and became the like head teacher and uh and uh hired a new teacher young guy just out of college comes from you know comes over to work at the hagwon and uh goes to the huishik and huishik is a work dinner and there's soju and it's supposed to be festive. This guy gets so hammered, this, this new teacher, he takes a swing at the Korean director, like of the hogwan. Like he just, you know, now it's, you know, he's, I don't know, been, uh, you know, I don't know, dismissed. That's a one-way ticket. Yeah, he just, he just, he was just so drunk. He just, just like a, you know, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just, don't be that guy, like ever. You know what I mean? Like just, this is, it's not in a, life in life. I don't think that's, that's like, that's not like a Korea tip. That's just like a life. That wasn't tip. A profound, yeah, right. yeah. Sorry. It was, yeah, it was. You didn't get to drunk and try to punch your boss. We're just, we want to put that out there. It's a real brave statement. <laughs> I guess it, recommendation. I we, can, we can officially agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That was, that was really an unnecessary story. I just thought it just, yeah. it always, it, it cracked me up and it was also horrifying equally. So um it's just like what what would you do like if yeah, that's who i just hired to, to work here oh great um what what do, you, what do you guys think about uh there's a couple other ones in here too this one said uh somebody got scolded for not greeting everybody in the office and I, i've never heard this before is that a thing like if you when you come into the office in korea you have to greet um all, all the people in the office kind of individually that's no, that's definitely not a thing. Right? Not a thing. At most, you might agree. They, they might have been saying um, maybe like as other people walked in, they weren't greeting them. Mm -hmm. Like if they're sitting at their desk. And that I think is a bit more common. If someone walks into your office, it would be just be like, you know, hey, what's up? You know, like especially if they're above you. But, you know, walking into the office and being like, hi, person, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Because no. <laughs> I think this this person said you need to make sure you're loud and clear enough when you do it. And otherwise, it'll get back through the grapevine that the boss isn't happy with it. I think you just work with a crazy person. Like there's somebody's <laughs> out for you. You know what I mean? Like if that's what they're if that's the biggest crime they can catch you on is that you didn't say hello, good that morning loud enough extreme. for everybody 
Then I'm just I'm picturing like place. an office pool with like 20 people and like someone walks in. Jack, Steve, <laughs> Tanya, Sarah, doctor, doctor, hey, doctor, I, doctor. Yo, doctor. I, yeah. I, <laughs> um, sits down. I think that I think an easy place, uh, uh, one place where foreigners will often make fafas in Korea is is eating and drinking here. Yeah. Um, especially eating, just because I mean I think we talked about this a little bit in the past as well, but like every country has eating and drinking rules. I mean, you know, like in America, you don't put your elbows on the table, right? right. Uh, like every every country does. But it feels to me that there's a lot more small rules here about things that you should and shouldn't do and that I break them all the time or I, I have broken them many times. I mean, mm-hmm. like common example is um, taking your your chopsticks and just sticking it into your rice bowl, Right. Like I did that a bunch of times because it's just like I'm eating. I want to put my chopsticks down. I don't want to set them on the table, but I want to set them down to take a drink of whatever. So, well, oh, they stick in the rice. Well, obviously don't do that because that that's again for, for dead people. That's for the, the, the ceremonies. That's for um, the, like, the candles or something or the incense? No, it's, Is that right? No, or... it's actually when you do the jesa, the, the ceremony for like on uh, Chuseok yeah, and Solnar, Mm-hmm. um for when you like bow to the the relatives uh the ancestors grandma and grandpa who passed on they you take the the chopsticks or spoons and you actually do stick them into the rice and leave them there mm-hmm. and and that's basically like okay grandma grandpa sp- spirit of grandma grandpa this this rice is for you you know here's the, the chopsticks in it come take it and oh, so when you do it okay. at the table you're you're basically saying like this rice has now been claimed for whatever spirits are around me right and um, then you proceed to eat it <laughs> yeah and then you, and then you go yeah. at it um yeah. and so so that's why like that specific rule is bad and then and of course I, I made i broke that one a bunch of times and then my friends yeah. would be like yo don't don't do that but again I, I was never yelled at for it like i said at the beginning you know my friends would say like oh kevin that's not a good idea because of xyz like, oh thank you for telling me and then i just don't do it again yeah but it, there's a lot of small things like that at the table i've also when i another funny example and and i've had this corrected me on me a bunch when you put your spoon down on the table actually i'm curious how would you guys do it when you put your spoon down on the table would you put it on like the the upside is again i'm trying to explain this for the, the people listening so like the upside is you know where you like normally would where the soup concave sits in the spoon side. yeah the concave side would you put that mm-hmm. side up or would you put that side down at the table oh, no i would never put that side down i would always put the concave the, i would always so it, it's like the the maybe i'm just weird then the scoop Are you the other way scoop i always do it the other way because it feels that only the tip is touching the table right i was gonna say less contact with the table i think kevin's got a good plan here like but yeah i don't do that way. oh yeah right <laughs> oh. because i guess your mouth will touch the bottom part because it is a spoon I was just yeah, so for me, like, I'm trying to, it feels like it gets less dirty on both the spoon and the table because the whole most, bottom part of the spoon is, is wet. Most bogey places that you go to don't have like a little, like, you know, a little rider that you can rest your yeah, chopsticks like, mm-hmm. and you get that in a lot of places, a lot of restaurants, most bogey joints, you don't get that. So, I mean, I do it. I see a lot of Koreans do it also. You grab an extra paper napkin, you fold it and you put it there. And that's like where you can like kind of rest uh, your... Oh no, yeah, I don't so do that. I I I put it on. I lay it across, rest it across a bowl, so it doesn't touch the table yeah. at all. So it, the concave part is down, and it just like hooks into the bowl. And then I yeah, well, always do that. What what yeah. you said at first is putting the concave side up. That's the way you're supposed to do it in Korea. And I think that this has oh, to do yeah. with actually the the like 
ancestors as well because i always do it the other way and a mm -hmm. few times my father-in-law has like grabbed my spoon and like turned it over at the table like no That's it true. doesn't sit that way it sits, it sits this way um, that's so, how you do it if you set a table in the west right you yeah put... but that's a that's a clean spoon that's different from a yeah. spoon i've used yeah yeah all right so this is this is for me once i've used the spoon i set it concave side down so it's just that just the tip is is touching yeah. the, the table again okay but I mean, like if you think of a, a Western soup bowl, if you're looking at like a proper table setting, you're also looking at a bowl that has a much wider diameter and it's usually shallower. True. Versus bowls here can often be uh, narrower. Yeah. So like if you think about like proper table etiquette, if you go, if you're at a, a formal dinner, what do you do with your spoon during the meal? You can usually you can let it ride in the bowl. I think that's mm. that's standard. I don't think there's any other etiquette like where you're supposed to camp your spoon. But here you really can't. If you just leave your spoon on a bias in a bowl of soup, there's a good chance you're going to flip soup out all over the place. Yeah. No, that's true. Happen. Yeah. 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 I don't know. And that's don't definitely know. a faux pas. No, yeah. uh, don't throw soup. <laughs> that's, that's not good. That's How about this good. one? Um, I had a, uh, not a student, sorry, one of the respondents to the Facebook post um said that they're uh they got taken out for uh live octopus uh wriggling mm. octopus so so this person was wondering like are they are they testing me you know like is this uh so how, how would you how would you politely in korean uh culture let's say you're a new hagwon teacher but you just you don't want to you don't want to eat that like i don't want to. i would say i would say it's that's on the like if this is like your hogwan teacher or your boss, whatever, that's on them. That's on them. Okay. You don't have to do that. They're, yeah. they're, they're trying to get a rise out of you or they want to share something with you that's exotic. And if you, if that's really the genuine case, be like, look, you know, maybe, you know, whatever your reason might be, it might be your vegetarian, it's the same thing. It's like, just, mm -hmm. in, it's part of my culture, my religion, my idea. I don't eat live moving things. I mean, you don't have to. I don't think. And if, if they, they insist and you're like, you're being rude, you have to eat this live octopus. Like, really? Really? That's it's not time to, you you got to leave remember, that hog on. It's midnight that's funny because that's actually yeah. very similar to what happened to me when I first, first came to Korea. I think it was like probably the second, third night in the country. And I was working at the Hagwon at the time and they all wanted to go out for like a way you know, like welcome Kevin to, to Korea. And it wasn't the San Nakji, like the wriggling octopus, like where you still eat it raw. It was like a nakji, an octopus soup place instead. Yeah. And so we all sit at the table and they bring out this, you know, big, boom, big bowl of soup and set it in front of us and turn on the fire and it starts boiling. I was like, wow, this is this is already very cool. And then suddenly the, the server comes out with a live octopus and drops it in the soup bowl. And so suddenly I'm watching this octopus boil to death. Yeah, and they, cap it. Yeah, they, they, put in, they put a glass lid on too so you can watch yeah, they, this. You can watch it suffer as it uh, boils to death. Okay. So when Rock I ate team. it, which I did, it was at least dead at the time, but watching it die in front of me was not something I was quite expecting or prepared for on day yeah. three of, yeah. of a new country. No, I, I, uh, I, I feel that that way too. Um, I'll, I'll eat it. I, I'm probably one of the, uh, you know, I'm the type of person that will just, I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, so I'll just do it anyway. Yeah. But you have, myself uncomfortable. You have, you have to have no. some, I think in situations like this, when we're talking about faux pas and like, especially with food and dinner, you have to have some situational awareness. Like I remember when I first came to Korea, uh, living in Busan, one of my friends set me up on my first date. Very, very nice, nice girl. Um, 
and she didn't speak a lot of English. I didn't speak a lot of Korean, but we were, we were you know, determined we we're going to have a nice night. And she wanted to take me out for dinner and I was new to Korea. So she wants to share something kind of unique. And uh, so she took me out for, um, I think it was Muno, like the big octopus. The octopus, right? big octopus, yeah. Yeah, this was in San Busan. So it's really common to, to, you know, even here in Seoul, you'll have live fish tanks and stuff. Um, I had given up already on being vegetarian at this point. There's no problem with this. Um, seafood is fine. They take this thing out. Um, it's it's like blanched and um, they slice it up, lay it out onto a platter really kind of beautifully. Mm. There's a couple of wedges with it. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a just really tiny banchan and a bottle of soju. Now, for me, this is just like not food. Like none of it. I'm not a fan of soju. I mean, I've had it. It's just I, I don't, I don't like the taste. Um, uh, it's got one purpose, really. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, if, like if you could just do it in a pill season, form, it'd be better, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So like, and then the main, the main dish. I mean, that's really all there is on the table is this giant chopped up octopus, and it's not salted it's not seasoned there's i mean there's limited like dipping options here to even deal with that and it's like not my favorite texture it's um you know well, it's it, it, tooth. in defense it, it was salt soaked in salt sweet. water for many years so that's true that's true <laughs> that didn't that didn't have any very well effects. <laughs> and so for me it was an awkward moment i tell the story often to people when they ask me about my first experience in korea because it's pretty funny because this is a date you're trying to be sweet and endearing to you know you're trying to like be sweet to each other and it's just whoa, was not ready for this. And she did not do this as a stunt. It wasn't like she wanted to shock the foreigner. For her, it was like, hey, oh, she, she paid for this too. This is a nice spread right here. Like this is a, yeah, yeah, this is a big deal. She was special. proper way. She was like, she planned this and this was like, so she's taking care of me and I want to be um, grateful. So what do you do with this? You know, again, situation awareness, what do you do? I made a choice. Like, you know what? I'm going to try to enjoy this. Yeah. You know? So I just took it slow, like, you know, sipping my soju and chewing on this rubbery octopus. More, chew, you know, chew some asking more. Asking questions about the banchan, <laughs> asking questions about all the, you know, and because I, you know, you want to give back in that situation. But, you know, if I didn't feel comfortable, if it was a different sort of thing, if it was my boss, like pushing this on me, like, if you don't do this, you're, you're not accepted into my culture. I'd be like, come on. Yeah, come on. that doesn't really happen. Right. Yeah, I think I had a similar experience to you, Ryan. Except mine was uh, chicken feet, and mm-hmm. so you know I when you get the yeah, it it was just like I didn't even know, you know I don't even know how to attack this. You know, first, do I need glo- it's, it's a mess. It's uh, where's the meat? I'm not. I just I didn't know where to even begin with that. So you just take a bite and, and uh, no matter how good or bad it is, you just smile, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah, was I mean, it, when, in, you know? when in Rome, yeah. right. Do, yeah. do as the Romans do. If, if the locals yeah. here are doing it, then, then, then you can as, as well. Right. I think, I think I have one last uh, faux pas that that's kind of, um, it's kind of parallel to the things we're talking about. Maybe a good one to end on. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the faux pas we're talking about are things that are like cultural norms here that, um, very specifically, you might make an error with. One of the things that um, I wasn't aware of, and I don't know if I'd call it directly a faux pas, it was okay. Um, 
Well, let me put this a different way. We've talked about a lot of things where it's like, okay, it's a faux pas and you get the foreigner pass and it's an opportunity to learn. And it's cool because you're traveling. Mm. It's why we travel. We want to have new experiences. We want to understand different cultures, different yeah. people. So uh, you'll get that foreigner pass and then go ahead and, and you know, spend it, cash it yeah, in, right. learn something, right? <laughs> it's awesome. But there, there was one incident or one thing I can think of uh, when we started this conversation today where um, I don't think there is a foreigner pass exactly. And it's not something horrible. It's something to be aware of, especially if you're coming here for business um, or any type of, of work. So even if you're working at a hawk one and then that's dress code. Mm -hmm. So for me coming from Chicago, um, I was finishing my practicum in Chicago at the time as an educational psychologist. So I audited a lot of classrooms. And uh, so for the most part, I'm visiting multiple schools in a day. Uh, all over Chicago area. And I'm sitting in the back of classrooms. Sometimes I'm on stage, like in the corner or whatever, or, you know, I'm interviewing teachers and stuff. It's not the way that I was moving around the city. Um, it just wasn't practical to be wearing a suit and a tie and everything. So and it was totally okay to, I mean, I think I wore jeans and a hoodie, kind of the way I'm dressed right now. Mm. It, it wasn't a big deal. Um, it, it was almost better. It's less, it's a little bit more uh, disarming or what do you want to say? Like yeah, yeah. walking to class from looking like an FBI agent, you know, it's freaking out these kids. Right. Yeah. So uh, you don't want to like outdress the teacher, you know, this things like that. I didn't even think of any of this. I didn't think of any of this. I was working alongside other um, interns, other professionals. I was just doing what they were doing. We never discussed a dress code. It was just normal. Uh, if I was in my office or something, I was going to be doing like, you know, working with students one-on-one -on -one every day. Yeah. And I'm sitting in a chair, I might put on the tie and, you know, I'm not, not running around. So when I came to Hassan, I was doing kind of the same thing. So it was just natural to me. I'm like, okay, I don't think I even owned any jeans. So it wasn't jeans. I was wearing, but just like slacks, you know, uh, whatever. And occasionally just a sweater or a hoodie. And um, I found out after many months, someone finally like, either had the courage or like the, the um, kindness to tell me it's like um you realize you're coming into these buildings as like an authority you know you're you're not part of this even the staff here like you're you're dressing what they say like a hip hopper <laughs> <laughs> like what and you're like why why didn't you just take the giant gold chain off when you you know when yeah. you went into yeah. <laughs> with like the clock and yeah. the uh you know yeah yeah. So yeah, if you're coming to if you're coming to Korea to teach at a hogwan, don't dress like ad rock. You gotta you gotta take it up a notch. Actually, it's kind I of funny that, that you mentioned yeah. that. This is a, a good thing to to wrap on though, because yeah, there are some things that you don't get to pass on. But I was actually just talking to students yesterday about work. And I was just talking about general things that are important in Korean companies versus American companies. And what some of the students said was that dress code here in Korea is really important. And I mean, of course, in Korea, in American companies, you know, we you generally dress up. There's, you know, official office work and then there's you know, casual Friday and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. they were saying about how you have to be really specific. They're like, you know, like, no, you know, hair color needs to all be the same, like no crazy hair colors and stuff when you're in the office and mm -hmm. and normal types of these types of clothes are OK. These types of accessories, these types of it was uh, female students. So they were talking about, you know, no long nails, things like that. Mm -hmm. And And dress code definitely is maybe more of a thing here than it is in offices back in the States. I can't compare because I've never really worked in like I, I would, a super I would go professional office. But. I would go further than that and say that um, if you look at the, I think anybody can understand this. If you look at the history of like why we have dress codes, 
and like where that comes from, it's all about status, right? And that's that's cultures around the mm. world, right? America's sure. gotten rid of a lot of that, and a lot of other places in the world have not. And yeah, fair point. You know, yeah. And so hierarchy is built into the Korean language, sure. so yeah. you could you could understand it's also probably built into the you know the the custom of the way people dress. Yeah. And so even mm-hmm. even with our office, like with our teachers, you guys know the the foreign staff. In our the professors, we have a wide array um, of people's choices of how they want to dress. You could, I mean, professors get to be funky if they want to anyway, even in the West, it's just sort of a thing, right? I had a professor that wore like the same suit every day. Um, I remember, remember we just, we were like, we were concerned. It was like, he probably has like a closet full of all the same suit. And he was even my stats professor. He had a, this blazer he always wore. One day while teaching, um, he came in and you could see clearly he, he had a, he always kept pens in his pocket, his breast pocket. He never had a pocket protector and it blew up. So he had like blue ink all over his blazer. And sure enough, the next day it's the same damn blazer. Oh my like, God. and he wore that blazer for the was rest that of the like a, You think he was like a uh, part of a bet or something? Like <laughs> after, <laughs> after a year, he gets a million dollars or something. If we wear the same uh, you, clothes you would, every day. Yeah. He was remarkable. So what I'm saying is like anywhere you're traveling, you're better off to consider, especially if you're coming from America where it's kind of free for all with consideration of that. You can really kind of get away with a lot more when you're not realizing you're getting away with it here. It's a good idea to consider like, okay, really quick again, like the professors in our office. Yeah. You can wear whatever you want because you're the funky foreigner. Okay, but then accept that. That's what you just decided to do. You just decided to kind of act like the funky foreigner. So just know it's fine, but just know that's what's happening probably, you know. And, and, look, and at, look at your Korean counterparts. Never never underestimate the uh, a, a blazer, the power of a blazer. Oh, yeah. Just throw the blazer <laughs> over and you're already, the, you've, you've taken yeah. it up a couple of steps right there. There you go. So Yeah, yeah. that's all you need. <laughs> nice. All right. Jeans, with, shirt, sneakers, blazer. Done. Blazer, there you go. With that advice, uh, we will leave our listeners here today. Um, you can always, uh, you know, stream the site right from our website, uh, stream the podcast right from our website, uh, thesoulpatch.com. Um, you can also uh, find the YouTube link right there and go uh, watch it on YouTube. And if you're watching it on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you can do us a favor and give us a uh, review on Apple Podcasts, that will really help us out quite a bit. And uh, yeah, if uh, and if you want to hit that uh, Patreon button, we've got that up and run- running, but, uh, you know, there's no uh, uh, no pressure to do so. And uh, we'll catch you next week on The Patch. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Later, guys.
call me a diamond on 